I was in the store today because it's Friday the 13th. Not That's not why I went to the store, but I was in the grocery store and there was a mom there with her son who was probably nine or 10 years old. Happy kid, not being too loud, not being obnoxious, but he was educating her on what he'd learned about Friday the 13th. Mainly all he learned was superstitions is an unlucky day and how rare it is. And he was trying to explain how rare it is and how long it or how often it happens, that type of thing. And his mom was listening to him, but I think she probably wanted him to stop talking. As I walked by to him, I said, it's, it's pretty rare, huh? How rare is it? I don't remember what he said he told me. I said, so it's that rare Friday the 13th. So that would be just as rare as Thursday the 12th or Saturday the 14th. I think I confused him. He had a look of shock on his eyes. He was confused and I probably ruined his whole weekend. But it was worth a laugh and he stopped talking and his mom smiled and I think it made her happy. Why am I telling you this? Point of view. That's what we're going to talk about right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight. I don't think it really matters if it's work or relationship or intelligence. We often forget point of view. We think certain things are set in stone. We think our facts are better than the other facts. We think that our truth is the only one that matters. Not everybody all the time, but this does happen. It happens everywhere. Some things are heavily fact-based, whereas some things are heavily truth-based. And it always comes down to people. Well, why does this matter? Well, it's interesting. I, I was talking to my mother tonight, and she wanted to talk about the president. Now, my mother is a Republican, so she likes Republicans. It's normal. That's what happens with people like Republicans, just like Democrats like Democrats, typically. She asked me if I thought the president was a puppet, common term used for people in elected office. And I wasn't sure how to answer that, so I answered it this way. I said, well, it's real easy to see somebody like that that's elected, a person you didn't want in there, you didn't vote for, isn't in your party, and is doing things that you don't like or agree with, and you find a reason to justify that by, in this case, calling them a puppet. She kind of understood that, and I said, well, do you think Donald Trump was a puppet? She said, well, no. I said, okay, and you liked him. She said, yes. I said, did you know people thought of him as a puppet? A lot of people did. Well, why? I said, because he was doing things they didn't like and agree with, and they were looking for justification for it. Not everybody feels that way, but there's plenty to do. It's all point of view. It really comes down to things like morals, ethics, right and wrong, interpretations of laws, things we think we know or think we have more knowledge and experience than we do, kind of Dunning-Kruger in a way that we often forget about. You know, a thing called a slant report, part of it which reports military and hostile civilians. Anyway, the point is, there was a time until a few years ago that if a car was driving down the road that we tracked and had Bob the terrorist in it, even if he was with his wife and his two kids, if he was a kill target, we'd have jammed damned his ass and melted that car and his family inside. That was part of war. A few years ago, that changed. We didn't do it anymore. It wasn't point of view of the commander or the pilot or anybody calling that mission. It was point of view of governments, world affairs, the way things had changed, how we were changing missions, agreements we had with countries. Things we did in Iraq until the SOFA went through, the status of forces agreement and the handover, things changed. Some we liked, a lot we didn't. 
It's happening in Afghanistan right now. It all comes down to point of view. On Twitter today, I saw this post. I don't know why it came up in my feed. I've never really looked into that on Twitter, but this guy made just this random comment and he wanted to know, it was, it was a critical, not a skeptical comment about the amount of money that goes in the community or intelligence community. Nobody knows how much there is. Where does it go? And he mentioned the 16 intelligence agencies. So I just responded to him and I said, I was like, you know, if, in case you're not aware, you can find the budget online. It's available. You can see every agency it goes to and sometimes the programs. And I said, there's been more than 16 agencies for some years now. Sometime later, I back on Twitter and I had a notification with a comment that said, does that make you feel good? When I saw that, I, I couldn't remember what I had commented that day. And I was like, did I give somebody a hard time? And I had to find it and realize that was his response to that comment. And I was like, it doesn't make me feel anything, nor should it. But the point of view, I guess, was different. His point of view was, without the facts, not even knowing how many agencies are out there, that that obviously was a bad thing and it was being used for bad reasons, which is his opinion to have. But it's a point of view a lot of people take. Another example of point of view is, I'm going to be buying a truck here soon. And while I can afford whatever payment they give me, I, I had a target range on payment, my current payment for my Jeep that's almost paid off is about $200 a month. And I'd mentioned that right now, if I go get the truck, I'm going to have to pay about $500 a month, which I'm okay with. Or I want to get it down to 500 instead of six. And one of the responses I wanted was like, 500 bucks, you're going to have to pay an extra $500 a month just to have that car. That was their point of view. Mine was, no, I'm only paying three. Like, what are you, why are you only paying three? You got to get it for five. I said, yes, but I'm already paying two. That's already happening. So I'm paying three more. I don't think either one of us are wrong. It was just a point of view. And their point was that was a ridiculous price. They wouldn't want to pay it. Shouldn't pay it. Nobody should have to pay that. Mine was, I don't give a shit. I got the money. Why is this important? Some of the things they talk on here, especially when we look at some of the uh, basic fundamentals of how people behave, like some of the behavioral aspects, detecting deception, body language, for example, while there's science behind it and it's heavily supported, the interpretation of it sometimes comes down to point of view, which is limited based on the knowledge we have. A lot of times point of view is counterbalanced or actually out of balance by somebody's amount of knowledge or especially their biases and beliefs. So when we look at body language, you know, one of the things I've mentioned is say somebody sits there and crosses their arms. Well, basic psychology tells you a lot of portions of that have to do with protecting your vital organs. There's some truth in that. But if that's all you see, that's probably the easiest one to go to. But then you have to look at the context of the conversation. What's their relationship to that individual in that conversation? What are the things they're doing? Now, let's say they're sitting that way, but they're also sitting. Let's say it's a man and they're sitting with their legs overly spread open compared to most people in the room. Well, that's a show of dominance and showing your virility. And it's one of the things to make you stand out in a man. And in modern times, that's obviously a protected area and vital part of your body. It contradicts to have that kind of exposure and openness to another one we want to automatically interpret as a form of protection that contradict. Now, let's say that person's always following you as you walk around the room, they're moving their upper body, showing that you're paying attention. Then what it supports the idea is the other side of what your arms across your body could be, which is that they're trying not to do anything and so that they can focus solely on what you're saying and think about it to prepare for their response, which actually is more common. People miss that. Point of view, 
Neither point of view is wrong, but in that scenario, one's more accurate because they have more information based on the knowledge they have, where the other person who doesn't have that knowledge and understanding may very well argue it to the death because what they're saying is factually correct, but it's not the whole story. This is to point out, as I beat this up often, I thought I would talk about point of view and perception to remind you of things like our biases and our beliefs and how they affect our everyday life. A lot of it subconsciously, no matter how much we try to fight them. This is important because things to understand about as much as I've said about the gray man concept, I think one of the things we often forget, or perhaps I've forgotten to share with you, is as much as I use the basic premise of hiding in plain sight, whether it's espionage stories down to how you want to behave in everyday life, depending on what you're looking for in security or privacy or whatever, is that while you're hiding in plain sight, you're also probably not hiding to allow yourself to be seen by the right people. You're hiding from the wrong people or the unknowns. You're not necessarily hiding from the right people. How does that make sense? Well, you're out in a public place, say it's a park, there's people walking around. Based on everything you know and do and how you dress and behave and all your interactions, you're like everybody else and you go unnoticed. But you're there to meet a friend and they know who you are. You stand out to them because they know who you are. Now, it's a simple example, but there's many others we could come up with to say that as much as you're trying to hide in plain sight, you're also standing out to others. It's points of view. From that point of view, they find you really easy because that's what they're looking for. The other people aren't really looking for you or paying attention. They don't see you. It is another way to look at point of view. This is important because if you practice any of these skills, you're working on surveillance, you're working on body language, you're doing this just for fun, you're working on a preparedness group, it doesn't really matter what you're doing is you can't forget point of view of other people and you can't assume that they think the way you do, see things the way you do or should. That's going to put up barriers and cause problems when you're trying to develop relationships, build rapport, or just keep people happy. Not that it's your job to keep people happy, but it's actually fairly easy to keep large groups of people somewhat happy and it actually takes work to make them unhappy and it's usually done by ignoring things. It's done through a series of assumptions. It's done through presuming or assuming they should think the way you do. As though because we think this way, this is how they should behave because this is my experience. It makes sense to me. What they're saying doesn't make sense to me. Therefore, they are wrong and I am right. And none of that makes any sense. It's nonsense and it causes problems. Why is that? Because we don't see people how they are. We see people how we are. And the way we see them as we are, when it conflicts with how we are, we decide that they are wrong. And that's going to cause issues. So remember this when you're having conversations, you're building rapport, you're detecting deception. You're just observing people. You're just talking to your kids about who broke the lamp. Think about who they are, not who you are. Their point of view, their understanding, not what you've taught them or believe they should know. It's none of that. Where are they at right now? What is the relationship between you and them? What is the situation that's going on? What's the point of view a reasonable person would see from them and that individual that has no knowledge of who they are when you most likely do, and that will help you get a little closer? What are your biases in this situation? Are you going into it? Man, my kid always does this. My friend always does that. Good, bad, or indifferent. Don't do that. Step back. Look at the point of view from other people. Look at the point of view of that individual. Stop focusing so much on yourself. And think more about how your behavior and interactions are making that person feel or react. That will change how you interact with people and will enhance these skills greatly. People think that guys that do this or people that are spies, that commit espionage, doing paramilitary, whatever they are, that everything they do is based solely on their training. Well, why you can argue that, part of it is 
is why there's influence, why there's persuasion, why there's interrogation, why there's negotiation, why there's all these skills and things. One of the things people don't talk about is when it comes down to rapport and relationships, they are real. You're building real rapport. You're building real relationships, even if you're going to end it later. Perhaps you're telling lies and manipulations in there, even if they're in a positive way for your overall mission or goal. Sure, that's going to happen. But you're making it very real. You're not faking it. It has to be real in order to achieve these things. In order for it to be real, just like building any relationship over time, is starting to see things from another person's point of view, starting to understand them, not necessarily agree with them. And that's how these things are done. That's why a lot of this stuff, one of the easiest things would be for me to talk about would be relationships because that's what a lot of this stuff is. And what I want to encourage you to do is to consider things about relationships. For example, if you're reading some of these books, you're practicing this, you're trying to work more with people, you're trying to go to the human intelligence route, you're trying to understand people and understand body language and deception and have these conversations. If that's who you are, one of the things you should have to your library of knowledge are relationship books. Books that explain the difference between men and women. Books that explain how to have conversations, especially in a relationship, whether romantic or family. Books that discuss these things. You can dig into psychology, sure, but I would say focus more on these things and understanding how relationships and communication works because that's a big part of what people like me do. Some of the people I saw, actually the great majority of people I saw that failed in working with people or had a hard time on this job were very inexperienced, which didn't always translate to age, very inexperienced in dealing with relationships and communication, especially people of different cultures, people of different age groups, or people of different genders. That's a hurdle most people don't get or understand. Now, what makes it hard is let's look at genders, for example. Depending on what state you go to and what law is written, there could be, by definition, in their writings or opinions, a lot of genders. Some people take issue with that. Get it. Totally get it. But if you're going to be doing this kind of thing, whether for fun or for a profession, and you very well likely could run into people that identify as genders you don't agree with, you can't bring that fact, truth, or opinion, whatever you want to call it. You can't bring that to the table. Your job is to build rapport and build a relationship with this person to get whatever it is you need or get them to do whatever it is you need. Therefore, you need to understand them. You need to see their point of view. Got to remember, none of this is about agreeing with them. It's about seeing their point of view, understanding them as a person, not trying to change them or change their belief system because it most likely doesn't apply to what you're doing and learning and understanding it so you can use that knowledge to your advantage. That's all it's for. Not using that knowledge necessarily to manipulate them, not using that to necessarily persuade them, not using that to change their belief system or change their life. You're using that to understand them so that in further communication, you can use that to your best ability in order to get them to see what you're doing. You know who does this? thinking probably psychologists or whatever. I'm thinking teachers, good teachers. Teachers and instructors that look at a group of people, talk to them, understand who they are, have had enough experience to realize they can teach down to the lowest individual at the same time while teaching a group of 20. It's almost like they're teaching 21 different people, the group and the 20 individuals. They can get them to understand and see things because they start to learn them as a person and understand who they are and build that relationship to see their point of view, to get them to understand the material in a different way instead of just teaching it in a canned banner all the time. Do all teachers do this? Of course not, but plenty do. There are plenty out there. It's important to understand this too, because even if you're not doing that and you're doing OSINT, you're doing research, you're writing articles, you're looking up things, you're trying to understand intel, you're trying to understand what's going on in your community, trying to understand what's going on in the world by doing all this research. Still the same thing. Even doing all those research, even if you do your due diligence, you find out who wrote it, you find out their other stuff, you're putting value and 
numbers and percentage or whatever to your sources, whether a person or a website or a news outlet. No matter what you're doing there, even if you're the most unbiased person, objective in the world, looking at this, doing it like a real analyst, point of view still plays in. There's point of view to understand. So when you're looking at research, you're looking at open source, you're reading an article, agree with it or not, well-researched or not, there is a point of view there. Now, the less point of view, the less information that shows opinion, better, especially if it's news, of course, but there's still a point of view that they're taking. It's like a documentary. I watched this documentary. It was a shitty documentary. I'll just tell you that. It had to do with some murder of a family 70 years ago in Arizona and some guy that was still alive that was considered a suspect. Now, granted, it was a horrible filming and they didn't know how to make a documentary, but going into it, what little they had read, which there's like three things online, they decided this dude was guilty. They went into it deciding it was guilty. Every person they talked to, they tried to persuade him to tell them they were guilty. They weren't doing really good at it, but that's what they were trying to do. They got like one person to say it's completely possible. Found another, found the dude that could have been the guy, talked to him, completely shut that down, lost him, got thrown out of the dude's house because as much as he said, and was very truthful, it got to the point where after it was all going on, they're like, well, is there anything you want to admit? And he's like, what did you just say to me? Like, it was just so terrible. They didn't know what they were doing, but they never once, when they talked to any of these people, looked at their point of view. They only focused on their own that they had decided before they gathered any real information. Only by reading articles of conjecture that were written years after the fact that had no actual documentation or interviews with any real people. Point of view screwed them up. And they didn't look at the other person's point of view. It's the same idea, stories you've heard. I think I've used this example before of three people spread out on each side of the street for a total of six, see a car wreck, and they all tell accurately what they see. There's still different points of view. It's important to remember that we tend to very heavily in many situations take our own biases, beliefs, thoughts, and ideas and attribute them to that's how everybody should be, especially in high-stress situations. And that's not something one you do. I wanted to point this out because if you're doing research, you're doing OSINT, you're trying to write intelligence reports, you're you know, out there working with a private investigator, you're doing bounty hunting, you're interviewing people, you're doing interrogations, you're doing surveillance, maybe you're just trying to learn to observe better and detect deception, read body language, all these things we talk about, I never mentioned, remember there's other points of view and that's what's important. One of the good reasons why good surveillance teams, law enforcement agencies, have multiple people involved in them. They get different points of view. There's other tactical reasons as well. But points of view are important. So next time you're reading a story, the next time you're talking to somebody, the next time you're researching something, the next time you're writing up a paperwork on something that you've collected information on, don't forget the points of view of other people. It will help you double-check your biases. It will help you double-check your opinions. It will help you double check. Am I putting too much of my own spin or thoughts on this? And I'm not being objective. Now I'm sure there's places out there where that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing, but generally that's not what we want to do in anything. The next time you're talking to that kid who got in trouble and you're not happy about it, how much of that is because you're not looking that situation as a separate incident. Sure. Maybe he's done that same thing 10 times before. We don't want to ignore that, but you want to look at it like a separate incident. Maybe there's something different about this time. What's their point of view? And do that with adults too. Do that with your students. Do that with your teachers. What's the point of view of this individual? How does that contribute to all these other factors? Sometimes we only look at one thing. A lot of times we look at a lot of things, but we ignore a lot of others. And point of view is very important. Perception. 
What is their perception of the situation? What is my perception? How much of that is an assumption? How much of that is a presumption? How much of that is actually 100% accurate? One of the things I see all the time, especially when I watch any of these uh, cop shows where they're doing actual, they're showing the actual videos of criminals of different calibers they've interviewed and try to get information out or got the information out of them, the things they're doing. One of the things I always notice is the point of view of both people. And a lot of times, whether they realize what they're doing or not, and most of the time I think they don't, when I see these people be very successful is they get to building rapport and a relationship with this individual, even just in a matter of minutes or a few hours, because they validate, as I've talked about before, validate what they're saying and see their point of view and, to, and use that to their advantage strategically when they need to. The ones that have a harder time are not validating their arguing. They're not looking at their point of view. They're trying to sell them on how they see it as an investigator. And maybe that's a tactic, but it's a bad one. But they're lacking that point of view. It's, it's a very key point I wanted to highlight in one of these episodes. Yeah, we're not talking about cool skills and tricks or any of these other things, but I think it's something that I hope you can think about and take a look at things you've been doing recently. Take a look at conversations in the past. Think about it in that next conversation or the next time you observe somebody, the next time you're reading a book on one of these subjects. Think about point of view. Think about that perception. Take that into account. Take a look at it. Don't argue with it. You don't necessarily have to validate it, but seriously consider it and bring it in and realize a bunch of people stand in a circle selling an object all have different points of view. The two guys shoulder to shoulder, their points of view might seem almost the same, but the person across from them be very different. And when you're talking to one person out of that circle, the thing is you don't see them next to that circle. You don't know where they were standing in that circle next to you. You don't know if they're next to you or 180 degrees across from you. And we often assume that they were the ones standing next to us because that's what we saw. So when you're doing all this stuff, don't focus so much in trying to convince somebody or argue what that person saw because it's not what you saw. Try to learn what they saw, what they learned, how they viewed it. Why? Why did they take that position? Why is it when I see these arms folded across their stomach, I think this, but then realize there's other things to see, as I described in the beginning of this podcast, it suggests that's not what was going on in that situation where it could be in another. There's so many other factors to look at. So many things we miss out on, and a big portion of it is because we focus solely on our own point of view and opinion on things so often, and we ignore that the other person's opinion and point of view could be just as valid even if we don't agree with it, and without properly taking it into account and evaluating it and assessing it fairly and objectively, we might miss out on something very important, a bigger picture, and you might even destroy the relationship. We don't want to do that. We want to do the best we can. And as much as we want to be right, it's better to be accurate. If you like this episode, don't forget us a like, share, heart, whatever your platform is using, and make sure you let people know you think will enjoy this material. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're at. And don't forget to check out the show notes and check out dmrpublications.com. And we will be back again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.